Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Woke Agent. I am your host, Tiffany Jarvis. I'm a local real estate agent in Lexington, Kentucky. And this is the podcast where I talk to my friends in the real estate business about how they run their personal business, their opinions, their outlook on the industry ahead, and just generally how they stay woke in this crazy life. We do deals with these people all the time. We never know anything about them, and I am here to change that. My guest today is Trey McCauley. McCauley. McCauley from (laughs) Urban Toolbox. I knew I would do that. I wrote it down, and I knew I would do that. It's all good. You know, when the lady at the bank says... Thank you, Mr. McCauley. I almost hit the pylon at the bank, so nobody ever says it right, so it's all good. (laughs) Thank you for being part of my woke ridge. Yeah, thanks for having (laughs) me. I'm excited to be asked. So, I've never met you before. This is cool. I see you on Facebook. You're an active uh, social media person. Yeah. So, tell me what your life was before real estate. So, before I I started in real estate in Virginia. I'm from Roanoke, Virginia. So, before I was in real estate, I sold kind of big IT solutions to mid-market and Fortune 1000 companies. And I sold the big refrigerator servers for HP and Oracle database software and things like that, that, you know, and meeting with IT managers and CIOs and CFOs and things are like that. Are you a techie person or you were just uh, a salesperson? <laughs> the IT guys probably just thought I was a salesperson. They always called me suit, you know, like, don't, don't wear a tie in here next time suit. We used to call them carpet walkers. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We did not get a lot of respect from the IT guys, but I probably trend more toward being a salesperson, but I, I enjoy technology. Like that's always helped me with, with real estate since I started. Um, cause some of the agents in my office when I first started, didn't even check their email on a regular basis. So, oh. um, so I was kind of ahead of the curve in 03 when I started. So, so you started here in Lexington in 03? No, I started in Richmond, Virginia, where I lived in in 03. I didn't move to Lexington until 2010. So why the move to Lexington? I met a pretty blonde girl on (laughs) eHarmony who lived in Lexington, Kentucky. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she was in grad school at UK for nursing, so... I decided to pick up and move because I, I fell in love and I knew she was the one. So, so she wasn't going to move to Virginia for you? Uh, she was, actually. We we talked back and forth about it, and it just there wasn't a comparable grad school program in, in Virginia where I lived, so we decided that I would, I would come this way. Oh, wow. So yeah. what made you decide that you're going to sell real estate when you, when you got here? Well, um, when I was in IT sales, I lived through the 9-11 and the dot-com crash and all that. Uh-huh. And people weren't spending capital money anymore in IT. And everything I was selling cost $100,000 or more. So it was a very tough time. And I was kind <coughs> of at a crossroads in my career. I loved sales and I loved meeting with the people that I met with. But I just was really struggling with what to do. I had some entrepreneurial drive and I just didn't know what to do with it. I Somebody suggested I read the book, Who Moved My Cheese. I've never heard of it. Yeah. And uh, it's a pretty famous career like decision book. And so it had some career testing in there and real estate was in the top five of almost every test I took and in the top two. So I had already had a interest in real estate and I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. So I finally figured out that that was, you know, what I needed to do. So I decided to take the licensing class and I, I loved it. So I knew that it was my passion. So what year was this? That was 2003. Okay, so you you went through the big 2008 crash and, yep. and all that. Do you think if you would have been doing the um, the IT sales that that would have... Uh, 
you know, were they still around after 2008? Well, things changed a lot, but, you know, the, nobody was spending money on anything after after 2008, but real, real estate was kind of the thing that took down a lot of the economy. So thing, things were not good in IT either. It would, it would have been a tough, tough go there as well. Well, yeah, I'm thinking things that cost $100,000, people aren't necessarily wanting to spend their money like that. Well, back every, then. everybody was running scared then in real estate and technology and in all our entire economy. I mean, we, you know, the market was crashing. It was, it was bad. But you made it through. I did. I have the scars to show for it, but I made it through. <laughs> Were you, so when did you get your brokers? I got my broker's license in Virginia. You could get it after three years. So I got it in my, my broker at the time suggested that I do that instead of another designation. So in 06, I got my broker's license. Was that difficult? It was, it was tough. I, I had a really good class that I, that I took and, um, it really prepped me well for the broker's exam, but it was, uh, it was, it was challenging. I mean, there's no, it's not, not for everybody. Cause I've been thinking about doing it and I'm like, Oh, I don't yeah. know. Number one, it's a time, you know, yep. when am I going to have time to right. dedicate to that? And you know, so did you, did you open your own brokerage? Is Urban Toolbox your own thing or did you take over for someone else? Well, we, it was another company and we uh, changed the partners around and some of the partners from I was with our other company was called Tate Daniels and we kind of kept some of the same people and some people left and so we Harold Tate who I'm in business with uh, Urban Toolbox was the name of his consulting company so he's like why don't we call it Urban Toolbox Real Estate and and rebrand so so we did that. So how many people are at this brokerage? Just three of us Harold Tate David Fisher and myself. Okay. Do you Very small. want it to be a bigger company? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked about it. I really haven't focused on recruiting like some of the other brokerages do. Um, I have people call <coughs> me that, that, you know, want to sit down and talk and get advice about real estate in general and maybe advice on how, you know, how it would be to, to work with me um, in our, in our company. But um, I just haven't really focused. I've focused on my sales and other things and I haven't, focused on the recruiting like I should. Um, would you take on a new agent? If I would. I mean, I try to warn them a little bit that I don't have this like structured class that they can take where they learn, you know, all they learn about how to real- sell real estate. Exactly. I mean, I can, I can teach, I have a lot of things to teach a new agent. I taught the, uh, classes at, um, at Long and Foster who I worked for in Virginia when I was a manager and I, uh, taught the Ignite classes at Keller Williams when I was there. So, I have a lot of knowledge like that, but I just don't have a, hey, on Tuesday at, you know, 10 a.m., we're going to have our formal class. It's just, you know, it's not as not as organized. So I kind of warn them off that maybe they need to look at a bigger brokerage that has a more formalized training program if that's what they're looking for. I try to give them a realistic preview of what it's like. And, you know, I want to help them, but I also want to make sure we do the right thing for them. So you were at Keller Williams mm-hmm. um, when you first started? No, um, I was at an ERA, Napier Realtors ERA in Richmond, Virginia um, when I first started. And I was with them for four and a half years. And then um, I needed to move home to Roanoke, Virginia. My dad was, health was failing. And my mom kind of asked if I would come home and and help. So um, I'd gotten my brokers, my broker suggested I get my broker's license. And uh, Long and Foster had a job open uh, as the manager managing broker of the Blacksburg office where Virginia Tech is. So I was the 
manager there for two and a half years till I met Dee Dee and then left them in the lurch to come to Kentucky. So that's a college town. It is. Also. Yes. Maybe even more so than Lexington. Well, yeah, because, you know, Blacksburg is a much smaller town and, you know, the the population radically changes in the fall when all the students show up. And, and this year they're actually overcrowded at Virginia Tech because they more students accepted than they predicted would so they've had to rent space in hotels and their dorms oh, are full and they're having I think a, Lexington had that too for mm-hmm. a they've minute. They've had it before too. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's always a predictive thing of who how many what percentage of the kids that you send acceptances out to are going to accept those show up, accept yeah. them and this year Virginia Tech got overrun, which is good for them, but it also causes causes problems in town. So yeah, Virginia Tech is <laughs> Really, you know, it's it's dominant in the area. It's an economic driver for the area, much like UK is. So when you, I mean, it's always an interesting thing for me to talk to people that literally picked up their business and moved it to a new place. Yeah. You didn't know anybody here other than your wife. I knew about five of her friends when I showed up. So, yeah. so you. She had had me checked oh, out wow. by her friends and then, you know, and then I moved here. And so. But you know. built this from scratch. That's correct. You built mm-hmm. a business on strangers, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, where did all that business come from? Well, I think I was fortunate. I <coughs> affiliated with Bonnie Mays at, at what then was Realty World Mays and Associates when I first got here. And this was the days before like Zillow and stuff like that. Too. Yeah, it wasn't as it was. Zillow was starting, but it wasn't the behemoth that it is now. Um, but I, you know, I did buy some leads. I had a Zerpel oh, buyer yeah. site that was pretty pretty effective at getting some buyers. I got really involved in BNI. I started a BNI group here and really got to know people well through that. And I eventually became the regional manager for BNI. So that helped me introduce me to a lot of people in town. And I just went out and network. I mean, at that point we were not married and then newlyweds, but we didn't have any kids. So I was spending a lot of time, you know, coffees and lunches and trying to, trying to get to know people and get introduced to people. So it, but yeah, it it takes some time when you, when you're starting cold. Wow. It's a, so now I think about, well, if I had to pick up and move somewhere new, I mean, I guess I would pay for Zillow leads and Red X cold calls and (laughs) stuff like that. But that's a, that's difficult. How long did it take you before you were like, okay, you know, I can, I can do this. This is, uh, this is working out for me in a new city. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the, you know, 2010, April of 2010, (coughs) when I got here, the market was terrible and You know, listings weren't really selling. And, you know, if you had a buyer for a listing, you had a hot commodity back then. So the market was was quite a quite a struggle. Um, So everybody was struggling. Um, And, you know, I I just got out there and started talking to people. I mean, I just did the best I could. I could do, but it was, you know, it was challenging then. So 2010 was before my time. I was working in the news then. Mm-hmm. I was living in Nashville and I was about to get into the real estate business yeah. uh, in Nashville, which was very good, you know, oh, yeah. at that time. And Nashville and still, is a great market. I mean, still is, you know, uh, number two, I think behind Austin, Texas right now. Well, it's just growing so fast. I mean, my, <coughs> my friends that live in Nashville, you know, just, they start talking about Goodlettsville and all these yeah. other places and I, that I've never heard of, but those little towns are oh, all they're becoming blowing the, up. Yeah, they're all becoming the suburbs of Nashville, and Nashville's really spreading out. I mean, I, the only thing I hear negative is just kind of the traffic. The is traffic a, was so is bad. There's a struggle there now. 
Yes. So right now, are you, uh, where does your business come from now? Mostly, you know, referrals and, and, and past clients. Um, you know, I still try to go out and meet people for coffee and lunch. I just had a lunch right before I came here to meet you with a, with a friend and a potential client. Um, but I just, you know, I try to maintain the connections that I made through BNI and other friends I've made since I've been here. Are you still doing BNI? I'm not anymore. I just, I kind of ran out of time for it. So I had to, had to, had to back away, but, um, it's, you know, but I still have a lot of great friends from there and a lot of great connections. So there's, there's several BNIs, right? There's not just one. Yeah. There's, um, I believe there's <coughs> 12 me. or 13. They've started a couple new groups. So they have 12 or 13 groups in the area. And then they've got another, I think they, my friend told me the other day, they have maybe 25 in Louisville, but they've opened it. They're opening all over. I mean, I just saw this morning on Facebook, my friend was at a meeting in E-Town. So they're expanding all, all, all across the state. So let's talk about the um, top, it's called the Top Producers Club. Yes. It's no longer the... Million Dollar Club. It's no longer the Million Dollar Club. Even though I still say that, but I'm trying How to... long have you been involved with this club? I have been a member, I think there were a couple of years I was eligible that I forgot to send my form in or something, but probably five or six years now as a member. And then I've been on, this is my, this will be my third year on the board. So now you're the president. I am. What does that mean? What does the president do for the top producers club? Well, the, you know, the president with the board provides uh, leadership for the group. We make decisions about what kind of events we're going to have. We always go to Keeneland every year, um, but we've started to do more of a mix of, I mean, it's always been a very social club, but we started to incorporate some community service. We had an educational session the last uh, couple of years where we flew a you know nationally recognized speaker in to talk, talk to the club. So we've, we've tried to do more of a mix of events and it's, you know, it's a lot of networking because we have sponsors, many of which are title companies and banks, as you could imagine, and they want to get to know our members and get to know people. So um, we, you know, that's what we do. I have, I am not a part of, <coughs> excuse me, someday I'm going to get over this. I know, I, it's, it seems like my wife said last night, she's like, we've had a cough for two months now. And I'm like, I know, but yeah. I never really got like the deep sickness. So. I had a, I had a cough for a good couple of months and then I finally went to the doctor and I'll be damned. I had pneumonia. Oh God. They were like, yeah, you've got pneumonia. And I was like, yeah. oh, well that explains this two month exactly. death cough. Well, you you know, we push ourselves along. I, I finally learned I had, after about two years in real estate, I had pneumonia so bad that I had to lay down. The doctor said I had to lay down flat on my back for two weeks. And mm. so I finally learned not to stop pushing when I was sick along because yeah, do if you don't take too. care of your body, you're no good to yourself or your clients. But we ha- we realtors have a tendency to just push keep ourselves. Pushing yeah, on. Keep selling until it, you yes. know, make hay while the sun is shining. Yes. Um, so I am not a part of the top producers club. I could be, um, and I I've never. Um, Paula Elder had invited me to come and yeah. asked me, and and I was like, well, you know, I I could do it. The reason I would do it is for the fun, you know, mm-hmm. the parties and events. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> um, it it looks like a lot of fun, but it I said, is. you know, I don't know if my clients really really care or really know or you know get it. So. 
I never, I guess I never saw that value of, of being yeah. a part of it. But now, you know, I see all the parties and I'm a little jealous that I'm, <laughs> I'm well, feeling we, some FOMO over here. We but... want you there. <laughs> um, well, and that's one of the reasons we changed the name because there's a lot of confusion. You know, several members have made comments to me like, you know, they had on their email signature that they were in the million dollar club and their clients are like, you make a million dollars a year. I no, wish. Not even, not even <laughs> close. But I sold a million. You know, I sold a million in volume. Um, so that's one of the reasons we changed the name. Plus, you know, some of our higher producers sell well more than you yeah. know a million dollars. So you don't want they don't want to be like you know it's kind of a low level for us. Right. So we felt like top producers was a good I name think to kind of accentuate what we're what we're really about. But the the. The price point went up too to get in. Yes, the threshold now is two and a half million in production. So last year it was one million, or last year was the first year of <coughs> two and a half million dollar threshold. We voted it in the year before, but okay, we kind of changed the name and the threshold and the logo, and we we changed a lot. In I two think years. the threshold was a good decision. Yeah. I really. Well, yeah. it hadn't been changed in almost 30 years, apparently. So, wow. you know, what, you know, and it was a million and a half right before we changed it. And, you know, that's certainly a great achievement in real estate. But as you're, as you're moving on, we felt like the, the, the lower level needed to be two and a half. Are you part of the, the, any of the LBAR boards or anything, committees or? I'm on the grievance committee. Oh, that's um, fun. That's yeah. a fun one. That's an entertaining one. I mean, no <laughs> doubt. I mean, it, some days it makes me feel better about my business. And then some days I'm like, oh, I don't do that either. I'm going to get in trouble. So um, it's kind of. <laughs> they just come and air their grievances. <laughs> and Well. It's we, uh, and not unlike the Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The <laughs> Facebook page that I, some of my comments get deleted from. But um, um, perfect. It, exactly. Um, <laughs> it means uh, you're doing it right. Yeah, that's right. The, if you're not making somebody mad and getting you're deleted, not you're, not, you're right. not doing your job. Um, no, that you know, it's interesting because some of the grievances are from other realtors, some of them are from the public. So, you know, sometimes people their expectations weren't met or you know whatever. But you know, we we look through them before they go to a professional standards hearing to see if they merit going to a professional standards hearing. So, it's yeah, it's a it's an important job. I was honored to to get on the committee, but yeah, sometimes I'm like. Ooh, I, one time I didn't do that either. I'm, oh, yeah. I, might, I might be in front of the, I might have to recuse myself because it's my own company, but no. Wow. No, I'm on the, um, I'm on the RPAC this year and oh, I'm on the, um, the other political, whatever it is. Gosh. Um, <laughs> government affairs. Government affairs. There we yes. go. I was like, uh. Oh God, I'm on the committee and didn't even know. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's bad. It, hopefully, Crystal's not not listening. So, <laughs> Justin, if you're out there, that's right. Don't don't be mad. She, don't be mad. She just needs to learn. <laughs> I, it's my first year. It's my that's first right. time. That's right. So, they'll, get you, they'll get you indoctrinated very quickly. Um. So I, I have you seen the Nudes Day piece? The uh, the Long Island. Yeah. You know, I've I've uh, read a little bit about it, and then of course you've talked and talked. Yeah, you referenced it, it with some of your other uh, interviewees. So you know, I've I've Thoughts, Pretty, opinions, well, grieve, air your grievances. <laughs> air my grievances. <laughs> I mean, I guess I know, you know, uh, I, unfortunately, I know that's out there in the in the world. Um, I'm shocked that a real estate cl- I mean, all the fair housing classes that I've ever been to have, have taught me a lot and taught me about things that I don't think about that I may have said in the past. But I, I just, 
I'm still shocked when I think about the content of what they were putting out there to, you know, new realtors or people that were trying to learn. It just kind of kind of blew me away in this day and age. So what how does how do you think um, you're like the top producers club? How do you um, how do you kind of try to get more diverse people in a club like that? Well, I think we, you know, have first of all, our our events have to be and parties and whatever else have to be welcoming to to everybody. And it's it's about making people feel comfortable and, you know, making them feel welcome. And no matter what your what your background is, um, you know, I remember you, I, I can't remember who you were talking to on your podcast, but I mean, that you know, talking about you were working with some people from Africa and how do we make them feel comfortable? And how do we have a, a realtor that makes them feel comfortable? Because I know I was showing some, it may have been the same clients that just moved on to somebody else, but I mean, I was showing <laughs> some houses. That to happened some, to me. Yeah, exactly. I was showing some houses to some folks from the Congo and there definitely was a lane. I mean, they had, you know, kind of one that spoke, one or two that spoke really good English and I communicated yes. with them, but I just finally asked, you know, kind of the main decision maker who did not speak as good. I said, do you, do I need to go get a translator? I mean, of course, I'm also thinking, where am I going to find a translator for, for Congo? But right. um, maybe you They're out there, yeah, I'm exactly. sure. Yeah, you know, I have to fly. In <coughs> but, you know, I really wanted to make sure I was making them feel comfortable and, and, and getting the information that they needed about these houses we were looking at. But it's, you know, it's about, it's about meeting people where they are is probably the best way to say it. So do you, I mean, you're a broker, you have people under you that mm. also air their grievances to you. <laughs> daily. <laughs> daily. Um, do you think, I mean, we, we, some people disagreed with me, but we seem to have this image of, you know, you just open a door and, <laughs> you know, if, if we didn't have that image, maybe Zillow wouldn't be as big as it is or, or open door or, uh, you know i buyers and things like that so how do we repair this image well i just you know somebody was asking me the other day what percentage of realtors i thought were good and i said well all the everything that i'm told is like 10 to 20 percent are doing you know 80 to 90 percent of the bit of the business out there yeah um so I, you know i think we need to raise our standards i think the barriers to entry for real estate are too low um, I don't know many businesses where you can, you know, join Elbar. There's a Groupon. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know many businesses where you can, you know, go to Elbar and pay your dues and do this and do that and still probably be under $5,000 to, to yeah. you know, to get in the business. So I think our, you know, it doesn't have to be a financial barrier, but I think the educational barrier needs to be set higher. I know we've had some discussions at KYR and the KREC is having some discussions about raising that. And I think there's some things coming down the, the pike for that. I know the broker's exam, and fortunately for you, is going to, or the broker educational requirements are going to get tougher here soon. Yeah. So I know that, you know, I know that they're working on that, but I think it's been too easy to get into real estate for a long time. And then the brokers have to make sure that they're agent. <coughs> I mean, I, I tell, I, t I mean, if you're my agent, you know, I'll say, Tiffany, I want you calling me for everything. I mean, I want you to learn and I want you to feel comfortable doing the business and writing contracts. And I don't want you to call me every time you've got to fill in a blank on the LBAR contract. But, you know, if you have any questions, always feel comfortable calling me first before you make a 
mistake that's going to land us both in KREC jail. Right. So, um, I mean, if you really think about the, uh, you know, this is a huge, people get sued for this mm -hmm, all the time. All the time. And it's, like you're saying, it's less than $5,000 to just get started. And this yep. is a huge, this is a big thing here. Well, and it, and part of it too is it can't be a hobby. Um, you, you, you've got to be serious about this business. I mean, I, and I'm not picking on people that are, that are part-time and that have another job. I mean, I, that's kind of how I kind of, yeah, I started doing that too. <laughs> that's kind of how it's I hard. slid in. Yeah. That's kind of how I slid into it till I got laid off again from it when the economy is bad. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess I'm a full-time realtor now. So, um, so I was kind of pushed into it, but I, you know, I, th I think you've got to dedicate yourself to this business and there's, you know, Real estate is one thing that you can go. I mean, if, if I couldn't sleep tonight, I could watch videos and read and do podcasts and I could educate myself a ton overnight. You know, I mean, if you ever have a quote, I mean, just like last night, I was like, Trey, you've never been on a podcast before. You better figure out what it takes to be a good podcast guest. Cause you've <laughs> how got to talk good. <laughs> exactly. How, how, how do I do this? How do I talk good? Yeah, how do I do this, <laughs> Tiffany? Um, but you know, you've got to, you've, you've got to educate yourself and you've got to be engaged in the business. And you've got, you know, I think that Elbar, you know, Justin's going to love me for saying this, but you know, I think Elbar dues are great value. I've never had to buy CE because yeah. I can take it all. I can take it all at Elbar and I have hardly ever walked away from a class at Elbar and said that was a waste of my time. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I always pick something up. So although the very, very long, the core class was it's painful. Woo. That's yeah, a that's a doozy right there. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's painful. Some I mean, some of them are worse than others. But no, I mean, I've I've had a lot of great education there, and you know, the, the, you're paying for it anyway, so you might as well right. Might as well take advantage of it. So I um I've had this talk a lot about you know how do we. A lot of people think that new agents coming in are the problem, that they're not educated. And I'm like, no, you know, I've, I've, I've had several deals with new agents that maybe they're on a team and they, they don't quite know what they're doing yet. Right. But I've also had a lot of deals with older agents that mm -hmm. they, they don't have to take classes anymore. Mm -hmm. They're grandfathered out. And, yep. you know, I don't know if that's a good thing. Well, I think, you know, it's, First of all, it's what's in your heart. I mean, do you want to, you know, do you want to work with the other agent well or not? Do you want to serve your client or not? Um, but I also think, you know, if you stand still in this business, it's moot. The technology and everything else is moving so fast. If you're not paying, it's like, kind of like the Ferris Bueller thing, but if you're not paying attention, you're going to get run over. Yeah. Because things are changing. I mean, I just watching my news feed for Enman or whatever during the day. I mean, stuff's happening out in California that we can't even imagine right now. And it's interesting to go to like, I know you go to some national conferences. It's interesting to talk to agents from other areas and hear yeah. about what they're doing because we get kind of in the bubble here in Lexington. It's going to come here too. I mean, oh, yeah, I, eventually. I went to, I go to the Zillow conference every year in uh, October and there's a lot of changes coming through that and the mm -hmm. iBuyers and mm -hmm. people are very scared and, yeah. Um, I went to a conference, a, a Zillow, it was a private conference kind of thing in Nashville because they just opened the iBuyer program there. Oh. And it was really interesting. And people were very upset because when, 
let's say that you have a client and you want to represent them and their home has been hard to sell and they're willing to take it for 10% less or whatever. You might call Zillow and say, hey, Zillow, will you make my client an offer? And they say, yeah, we'll buy that home. And so you will get paid your probably 3% commission. And one would assume that when their house is ready to turn that you would get to list it, <laughs> but you don't. Right. It's one agent in one market, one one team that gets to list all that property. Mm-hmm. And when they announced that in Nashville, the uproar in that room mm-hmm. was crazy. People yep. got up and screamed and how dare you do this to me and that agent is crap and this and that and I mean but it, they just picked for the whole Nashville area they yeah, picked one team. One team. Wow. It was a Gary Ashton team, a Remax wow. team. Wow. Uh huge, huge team, but uh, but yeah, hmm. um, it was really interesting, but that'll, that'll come here eventually. It I'm will. sure it, all of it has, it's just, you know, we're a secondary or tertiary market. So it's, it's just started and, uh, they just started in Cincinnati. Yeah. So, you know, Hitting Louisville's next, yeah. I'm sure. And Lexington will be after that, but yeah. what are, are you afraid? What are your thoughts? I'm not, <laughs> not afraid. <laughs> I'm um, a little. <laughs> I'll be okay. <laughs> do you have any bourbon? No. Um, you know. I, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, where is it? Um, it's in your Arby's cup there. Um, Possibly. Yeah, none of my business. Um, I'm. You know, I have good relationships with my clients. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you everyone's 100 percent happy with with me at the end of the transaction, but I would say my. You know, most of my clients are are very happy with what I did for them, and they feel good about. I had a client call me today with two referrals. I was like, "I owe you a bottle of bourbon and whatever else you want." That's nice. Um, But she's been really, really good to me, and um, you know, so that's how I plan to continue to grow my business is is organically. Um, Just straight up loving on people. Yeah, I mean, I I am I'm a buffini person, so I'm more nature and nurture and you know, are you using the crm i am is it have you been using it for a long time or is this a new thing it's been probably a few four years now oh, four or five years i'm so jealous <laughs> i don't have anything i use God. nothing well, i'm a, do a failure do a spreadsheet or something at least i use not a damn thing well <laughs> I think I heard you say you did 68 deals last year, so I can't... No, I did 48 last 48. year. 48. Well, still. I, I wish mean, I did 68, that's but... That's incredible. Probably uh, wouldn't be sitting here. I'd be in a damn mental hospital. And all Buffini would say <laughs> would say, imagine how much more you could do if you had, if you were touching your people. And he's right. Rate. He's yeah. absolutely right. So, because it sounds like you, you develop good relationships with your clients, and they, you know, yeah. they may come to you from Zillow, but by the end, they're friends or... Yeah. You know, Definitely. Strong acquaintances, maybe. So definitely. Um, but I, I'm not afraid. I mean, I know real estate is going to change. I, you know, I'm fully aware of that. I'm trying to keep up. I mean, I've learned a little bit today with the with that <coughs> program. I didn't realize Nashville was had taken that on. But you know, things are going to change. And I, you know, I think as long as I understand the industry and can can still, I, you know, these people that say that real estate agents are going to become the next travel agents. I just I just don't believe that. I don't either. Because, you know, people can't self-do everything in real estate. They need another human to help them. You know, are there some that are more self-sufficient? Absolutely. But that's the segment of the market that the iBuyer or Zillow can, 
can serve. Um, you know, I've, I've heard that the, you know, if you sell your house to Zillow, it's going to, you know, they're going to knock, they're going to charge you like 16% or something like that. So, you know, the, the fees I've heard are going to be a lot higher to, you know, it's not just selling your, your house. Um, so I, you know, I think we all need to brace ourselves. I think we need to stay educated, but I, I I'm, I'm just not going to be afraid. I just don't, I don't think the Armageddon is coming. I, I think change is coming, but it's not Armageddon. I mean, we've ch- real the the realtor has changed through all that time. I mean, yep. when you think about how it used to be, I mean, <laughs> look what the internet did to us. Oh yeah. You know, we used to, not we, I mean, I wasn't even born yet, and they would carry around the little books. That's right. And, I have the book, and you got to come talk to me to see right. what's in the book. If, if you want to know what homes are for sale, I have it in a book. Yeah. And God forbid I leave that book in a coffee shop one day and forget it about hu- it. I think and, it was a huge fine to leave your book laying around. Oh, God. And then someone picks it up and says, I can be a realtor, too. That's right. I have the book now. I have the book now. That's right. Yeah, so this is that's basically what's happening with the internet, and you know, yeah. well, I mean, the with book, Zillow, the book you know, is out on the internet. Now, it's out on the internet, and everyone's like, you know, I can, I can do this too. Yeah. Well, everybody likes to talk about. I mean, it's I'll never forget somebody early on told me that the two biggest topics at a cocktail party are sex and real estate. So oh, stick, politics, yeah, poly, yeah. So you know, I. People always want to talk about real estate. They want to engage, you know, and, and when they know you're a realtor and a good realtor, they want to engage you on those on those topics. So, but everybody has an everybody's er- an expert with real estate oh, too. Yeah. yeah, which is you know fine, whatever, yeah. and it's, politics and of course, yeah. So I um, <coughs> excuse me. So you were at Keller Williams, yep, and then you went you you left. So why mm-hmm. did you go from a, a big box broker? <laughs> What it, and what are the advantages of going to a small a small company like like Urban Toolbox? Well, I mainly for me it was it was about me. Um, I you know I'd been a managing broker in Virginia for Long and Foster in Blacksburg, and I had enjoyed that experience. And I had managed thirty five agents and an office and a couple of staff, and that was a great experience for me, especially since some of the you know, top producers in the office had been at it 30 years. And then here comes Doogie Hauser driving up the mountain four and a half years in real <laughs> estate. But they, you know, they all treated me with respect. They all asked my opinion. They all, you know, they, they, they showed me great deference, even though they didn't have to. Um, but I think I never had that experience of bringing a company out of the ground and, you know, doing all the different things you have to do to start a company and make, make a company breathe life. So that was, that was the experience I wanted. It really wasn't, you know, I loved my time at Keller Williams. I still have a lot of friends there. Which um, office were you? I was at in the... Bluegrass on Harrodsburg Road. Yeah, yeah. So you were with Kitty Lane. I was. I talk I was. about her as if you if you listen to the show, then you know I talk about her almost every podcast. <laughs> exactly. So shout out to Kitty. Hi, Kitty. I love you. Love you. Um, <laughs> Kitty's always been Kitty's always been good to me. Her actually, my office was maybe next door or close to next door <gasps> with Jealous. her when I was there. And um, Lindsay, her, her her boyfriend, always gave me a hard time. And so uh, <laughs> Meredith and Kitty and, and those guys have always been really good to me. We've done some deals together. And, um, you know, so I, I have a lot of respect for her. There's a lot to lot to learn from her. And, you know, the, the Lane team just continues to They're grow just and dominate. They're killers. They are killers. They, 
they have a smile on their face and they're nice people, but they are killers. So, I think, it, yeah. do you, um, you know, Suzanne Elliott too. Mm-hmm. I think about her like that too. Her voice is so sweet. Oh and yeah. Just so nice. Yeah. And God, she's a killer oh, though. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, it's one that's of those, the way to do it. It's one of those voices that you, you can't, you can't get mad. You can't nope. lose your cool. It's just like, she could call you and just be like, now we're going to walk away and we're mm-hmm. going to, we are going to sue. And you're just like, <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for calling me. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I, you know, and I think that's, uh, that's why they're so, cause they can do that with their clients. They can do that with other agents. I can't and, do that. I get very. Yeah, exactly. Woo! <laughs> I know. I try to, I'm a very emotional person. I'm an animated, yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm a very emotional person, but I try to, keep as calm as I can when somebody's upset with me, either the other agent or a client. Or Do something. you, um, have you ever taken the disc profile I since have. you've been at KW? What is your disc? I'm high D, high I, and then oh. kind of low on the SC side. See, I'm a high C, high D. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I might be different now. I don't, I don't know. It seems to be different every time I take it. Yeah. It's kind of like Myers-Briggs and it, it kind of depends on your mood. The that crazier day. you get. Exactly. The- like, <laughs> The older I get, the less I care, so I'll just say whatever I have to say. But yeah, um, I think those things can change. But I, you know, I've taken several of those personality profiles. They're interesting to take to get you to know yourself better. I'm into it. I'm totally into it. So where do you where where do you think Trey will be in in two years from now or in five (laughs) years from now? Dead on the side of the road. I hope not. In a van down by the river. No. do you do you think you'd ever want to be like president elect of of Elbar? Yeah, it's a job I'd be interested in. I could um, totally, I could see you making that you. transition. You thank know, you. from president of Top Producers Club to yeah. just, you know. Yeah, I've run for board a couple of times and I've and I've lost, so I'm probably becoming the Abraham Lincoln of of Elbar, like but, board of directors <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, yeah. What so, does that person do, if you don't mind me asking? What on does board the, of directors? Yeah, what does a director do? Um, well, they help run the association. <coughs> I mean, the board has a tremendous amount of input with the CEO um, on how things are going to go and how the money is spent and, and what the policies are going to be, and they take input from the different LBAR committees and, and, and try to make you know decisions for the best of all of us. Would that be, I mean, that seems like it might be a fairly difficult uh, position, especially for someone that might be selling 50 homes a year or so. It seems like yeah, it'd be a lot of time. It can be very busy. I mean, I, you know, I know that the, some of the, you know, president-elect and president travel a lot to yeah, that'll be NAR awesome. and mid-year NAR, and they get to have a lot of great experiences, but it does take a toll on their on their business. I mean, you have to make a decision when you're running for any leadership of any of those big organizations, you know, what the, do you have somebody at home that can write the offers and do the things while you're at NAR or whatever? You just have to, you know. And good, if you do, then good on you because <laughs> exactly. that is very hard to find. That's right. That's right. Do you have an assistant? I do. Does she, what, the, or he, um, she. they do you contract to close or? We haven't quite gotten there yet. She's new with me. She's been working for me for about a month, so I'm kind of getting her trained up now. Full-time? Part-time? Um, we're getting toward full-time. She's about three-quarter three time right now. Um, I'm 
she's not the problem. I'm the problem. <laughs> but um, Letting go with some of that? Yeah, or? and just, you know, like my coach says, you need to make a list of what she needs to be doing and give it to her, you know. And so I'm I'm working on that. But, yeah, it, it's um, it's a struggle for me a little bit. Just I have a lot of ownership over my business. But, you know, the things that – the things that worry me are the things that are not getting done that need to be done. So she's handling a lot of that for me and she's helping me stay organized. And, you know, it's, I was going to ask you how you, how do you stay organized in crazy life? But, uh, I think dot loop is (laughs) dot loop and being able to have things up in the cloud so I can get to them from anywhere has made a major difference in my life. Um, you know, I used to carry a briefcase like you have over there with all my files in it. And when somebody needed a piece of paper, I'd, I guess I'd go find a fax machine or a scanner or something. But now hopefully I can access all my documents from, from dot oh, loop. And Miranda, little, Miranda Hinchman used to do that. She'd carry yeah. a big old bag and yeah. it would have all the paper stuff in it. Uh, and yeah. God, it must've weighed 50 pounds. And yeah, the first agent <laughs> that I mentored under in, in Richmond, Virginia, she did a lot of relocation business. So she even had a doubly thick file oh, because of all the relocation. God love her. Yeah. And she'd carry that around everywhere. She's like, you always have to have your papers with you. And oh I was like, God. Okay. But, um, I, I think now I can get to most of it from my phone or my laptop. So, and heck now I have Wi-Fi in my car. So I'm yeah. you know, really cooking with gas. Do you, um, do you live in Lexington? I do. Is most of your business here in Fayette County? I would say Fayette and the surroundings. I mean, I go where I get referrals. Where the money it. is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or for the penny. No, I mean, I, I think I, um, you know, like I had a client, it's actually this one that I was talking about earlier. I mean, she, her house was in Stanford and, you know, I just said, I'm not the number one agent in Stanford. I mean, I'll be glad to work with you because the listing's a little bit easier to manage remotely, but I'm not the number one agent in Stanford. So I just want to make sure that you understand. I mean, I'm going to market the heck out of your property and I'll do a good job. But, and she understood that and she wanted, she was like, I want to work with you. And I was like, okay, then let's do it. Um, so I do, you know, but I would say Fed and the surroundings are really what I, what I concentrate on. You're doing commercial too, aren't you? I'm doing some commercial. I've done some <coughs> uh, commercial leases and office, and um, I'm managing a commercial property now. So I see your name on a piece of land. Gosh, where is on that? Versailles Road. Yeah, I pass yes, that all bi- the time. My billboard on Versailles yeah, Road. Yeah, <laughs> I live off of Versailles Road. Okay. I see it all the time. Oh, good, good. I'm glad you saw it. What is is that um, development land or what it's, is that? It's a 15 acre parcel. Um, it's you know, right next to the creek, to uh, South Elkhorn Creek. It's a beautiful piece of property. It's probably a building lot for like a really nice home to that'll kind of fit in with Westmoreland. Could you build um, a medical facility on it? No, it's, Boo. it's yeah, it's, it's inside, um, <laughs> it's inside the, not to comment on the urban service boundary, but it's inside the urban service boundary. Oh, let's comment on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started. But, let's comment uh, <laughs> on it. <laughs> um, so there are some limit <laughs> there, where it is. There are some limitations on what you, what you can do. Of course, there it, is. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. agricultural. So yeah, there are some challenges there. I um I have a client that's one. I have two uh fairly difficult clients. One of them wants to build a medical facility, uh-huh. like a rehabilitation, uh, holistic. He's from India. Mm-hmm. He wants to do this holistic, beautiful building yeah. for rehabilitation and things and. But he, he wants to do it in the middle of a beautiful horse farm. And I'm like, no, dude, we don't, we don't do that here. You can't do that here. Yeah. Yeah, and do then I, 
have another client that they want to open a wedding venue, hmm. which doesn't sound as difficult. Mm-mm. We looked at a property um, off of Harp Ennis. Oh, yeah. And you would think, okay, you know, that's not crazy out there. When I called the city, they were like, you know, uh, you have to have a winery with that. And hmm. I uh, have to have to. What yeah. if I don't want a winery? What if? And that's what I said. I'm like, they don't. They don't know anything about. Well, they don't even drink. They want, of course, they want a liquor license sure. to hold this wedding venue right. stuff. But they don't want to make wine, and they don't want to be Lucy stomping the grapes. I mean, that's not what they want to do. But yeah. apparently, you had to. Had so to. Weird. Thought that was weird, but yeah. um, well, yeah. Wedding, so wedding venue. Like I have a client who has a venue in Paducah. And she told me, you know, the only other place to have a wedding is Paducah Country Club. And so they're they're booked Friday, Saturday. Oh, yeah, they're booked Friday, Saturday, and Sunday two years out. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable because people, you know, are starting to have weddings on Friday night and Sunday. Well, hell, we should go and open a wedding venue in Paducah. I know. know. I'm going to do this and start my coaching business. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) <laughs> for only a thousand dollars a month. I'm offering it for half. Oh no! Oh, that's right. I heard. Yeah, <laughs> five hundred. I will give you a great deal for five hundred a month. Do you have a Groupon? I might. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to just call you and you know yell just at me. yell at you in the morning or in the evening when you're like, you know, I didn't cold call I'm today. So, I'm gonna so be like, tired. why? Get your s together, Trey. You're a horrible human <laughs> being. No, I'll do that oh. for five hundred. Wow, that sounds. I might like a- do it for. I might do it for three fifty. Wow, that sounds like a deal. We're gonna promote our services. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so funny. let's say if a friend comes to you and says, "Trey, I've been thinking about getting my real estate license." What do you, what do you tell this person, this get, friend? Get out! No, <laughs> don't. Um, I well, I try to find out. Like Buffini has this <laughs> uh, joke that he does at like every conference when she's like, "I just love what you do." I love houses and I love people. I love houses. Yeah. I, I heard I it this weekend. I love houses and I love people. And he's always like, you love people because you've never had any clients. Right. Um, and I always, You love houses because you've only <laughs> been in nice ones. Yeah, exactly. You've only seen the HGTV houses. <laughs> Let me take you to a foreclosure, a, a $50,000 foreclosure, and they tell me how much you like it. Um, I think I try to find out what they understand about real estate. Because, you know, the perception of what, the public's perception of what we do and what actually goes on is is a huge difference. Um, Glar put out a pamphlet of all the things a realtor does when they're the buyer's agent and all the things a listing agent does in, in, the, in the transaction. And it's an unbelievable, it's stuff you just didn't even think that you did, that you, that you do, and it's, you know, 200 and how many oh, ever things we should give that to clients we should our- i think glar had it to hand out to clients which was really smart i should have stolen some when i was there last time but you know i just think that people unless they have a realistic job preview of what we're doing every day um they, they may not want to do it um but i you know Probably i think not. i think if they have passion for it and they have drive and they realize that leads aren't just going to fall out of the sky like rain I think you can do this business, but if you just think you're going to pop up a website and pay your LBAR dues and all this businesses, I think you were talking about that on one of your People really pla- think that, that, yeah. you know, when you get your license, you're like, all oh. right, I'm ready. Well, here, I mean, I here had, I am. When I worked at Long and Foster, somebody said, because I was like, they were trying to reduce my commission on a listing. 
And I was explaining to them, you know, that I pay my own. And they're like, oh, I thought Long and Foster paid for your car. I thought Long what? and Foster paid for your signs. I thought Long and Foster. And I was like, no. No. I, I, you know, I pay for everything. And I just think people don't, they think of it as like a W-2 job and they don't realize like how 1099s operate. I mean, so I think you kind of have to explain that and see if they, you know, all right, so me telling you that, do you still want to do it? And if they do, I, you know, I'll, I'll help anybody get into real estate, you know, especially if I think they have the smarts and aptitude and attitude and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, you know, I think people's perception of what we do is a lot. I mean, my mom just always perceived that we drove around in town cars <laughs> and suburbans and collected our commissions and yes. played golf, you know, and it's my wife's perception a little bit too. She, all you do is eat lunch and have coffee and da, and I'm like, <laughs> Well, were you up at two in the morning when I was working on this last night? No, you weren't. So, were you up all all through the night just <laughs> with a lot of anxiety? Because I, didn't sleep I at am. All. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I don't sleep at all, and that's yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. I uh, so I recently, um, I I recently have a, a, a home is it's pending. I sign this listing and I put it on that off market list mm-hmm. on Elbar, mm-hmm. which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, albeit very unorganized and kooky, but uh, I think it's great. <laughs> it's kooky. It's quite kooky, but um, I love it. And and I did sell a listing from just having it on there. And the uh, a couple things. Number one, I think that's going away. Um, they're about to crack down on that. It's probably yeah. going to be gone by March. I would say by the end of March, it'll be gone. Well, NAR came down with a big edict on that. The kind of yeah rule. Which it. it uh it does go back to fair housing and mm-hmm. and things like that. I'm I'm okay with that. You know yeah. I I'm okay with it. It is what it is. But um yeah, because I think we. I never thought about the fair housing aspect of it, but I think we need to be careful. You know, if you have not exposed a property to to everyone, everyone you right, you probably run the risk of of getting yourself. In I trouble. don't know if you read the Inman article. Um, it came out a while back. I couldn't find it again this time, but it it talked about how um coming soon that they really benefit uh, white people and that black and brown people don't really get that opportunity to to um participate in coming soon right. and and right. that makes sense you yeah. know that makes sense to me i can see that but anyway i was i sold this property pre-market at full full price of course and the seller sends me an email at 2:40 in the morning and says um, I, I'm interested in maybe a commission cut because you didn't have to market the property mm-hmm. and you, uh, you didn't have to pay for photos or staging or any of these things. So, um, wh- what, what say you? And I didn't say anything. I let it ride. Mm-hmm. And I thought, did it keep me up all night? Yes, it did. Yeah. But, uh, well, it's I, upsetting when you, I'm like, you know, dude, you should be paying me a bonus. That's right. I sold it pre-market. You didn't even have to do anything. Right. Um, I did. Yeah. I did the job that you hired me to do, that we contracted to do, and now you want to. Now you want to cut me. Right. And, um, I didn't understand yeah. that. I didn't quite well, know what to say. That's. I, I, I've had that before. I had. I mean, I'll never forget one time <coughs> in Virginia. I had a sign. There used to be a guy that delivered signs for you that put the yard arm signs in the yard, and so he came on. 
I ordered it for Monday and he came on Saturday and put the sign up and my listing was supposed to start Monday, I think. And one of the neighbors saw it and called his realtor and said, Hey, can we get in there and see it? And I said, well, it's not ready, but but yeah, I can work it out. My guy was real, <laughs> it was a friend of mine was real flexible and they, you know, they wrote an offer and we sold it before it even hit the MLS. And that wasn't a coming soon kind of thing. It was just the guy accidentally put the sign in the yard yeah. at the wrong time. And, um, you know, the guy, and this was a very good friend of mine and his girlfriend looked right at me and said, wow, you, you earned a quick buck today. Yeah. And, you know. And you didn't even have to do anything. That's right. And that, that burned me. I mean, that made me real. I mean, I See, just, you still think about it. You still remember it oh, to yeah. this day. I mean, that was a long time ago. It was before 07. <laughs> so it's been a long time, but you know, and, and, and now of course there's value, like you were talking about, you know, our perception as, as realtors, there's value in what we do from contract to close, getting you to closing. Maybe that's one 90%. of the biggest, yeah. And I mean, in a hot market, yes, I know I can go out here in one of these neighborhoods around your office. I just stick, scream it out in the street. That's right. I could, home for sale. right, right, right. I could, <laughs> I could, you know, call some of my realtor friends and get it sold this afternoon, but am I going to be able to push it through and get it to closing? And that's where the public doesn't, and that's where we don't promote what we're doing enough. Right. That's why, you know, call your sellers every week until closing, <laughs> you know, tell them what you're doing, tell your buyers what you're doing. I mean, because, you know, and I, I, one of my really good friends just closed yesterday on a house and, you know, he, after we did the home inspection and the termite and everything, he's like, well, what do we do now? What are you doing now? And I was like, well, <laughs> now we wait. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they were, you know, really well qualified. So it, you know, we had no worries on the loan, but there were some things left to do for the loan. But, you know, that's where we're not selling our value. We're not showing people that, you know, we make it, we all, some of us make it too easy for the client and we're not promoting what we're doing for the client so that they understand what we're going through for them. Hmm. Yeah. But I, and uh, I'm guilty of that. I'm not saying I do that. I mean, I'm guilty of that. Too. I am totally guilty of, I'm like, no, well, now we wait. <laughs> That's right. Underwriting to doing their thing. And now gonna, my, my job here is almost done. I'm going <laughs> to crack, I'm going to crack a beer when I hit the clear to close text. I mean, you know, well, but, I earned a quick buck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, uh, I put it on a, I put that objection. I, I follow a, a Facebook group called lead, uh, leads objections and handles or something i don't know what it's called but it's a great it's a really great group and i put that on there to see what people better than me would say and they basically were saying that well you know it's my job to keep it sold too you know this is this thing's not going to be closing until may the 15th right i gotta hold it together i've gotta hold it together they're doing a radon test Mm. and a termite and a this and that and this and that and mr seller there are all kinds of moments of truth between now and may 15th do you do radon tests for your clients do you i do i mean where i where roanoke is in virginia has uh (laughs) the mountains are have like tremendous full, rate. just full of radon oh yeah i mean you in blacksburg we had some like i can't even remember the very high radon is that coal country it's blacksburg? almost a coal country um far southwest virginia is kind of a lot like eastern kentucky with the with the coal mines and everything blacksburg is kind of on the blacksburg's closer to to west virginia but um the radon was rampant there so you had to um 
you know, you had to talk to your clients about it. And, and I think more people are becoming aware of, of radon than they were in the past. Cause I was just talking to somebody that came in my open house Sunday and they're like, is radon really a thing? Cause they're doing a radon test at our house right now. And I was like, it is, it's it, a it, thing. It causes, it definitely causes lung cancer and you know, it's, it's a color, colorless, odorless gas. And you know, they're like, we're not sure about that. And I was like, well, I, I may not be able to convince you today, but you know, I don't know, man. I, uh, <laughs> I was talking about it yesterday and I'm like, I just, it's such a hot word and yeah. it's like mold and, yeah. you know, mold and radon and, you know, uh, lead paint and all this stuff. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, I, if the Arby's don't kill me first. Like, <laughs> if my Mountain Dew from Arby's don't kill me, nothing will. It's mellow yellow. Oh, oh, that's right. They switched to Coke. I'm so yeah. bitter about that. I'm one of those Pepsi rednecks. <laughs> it's mellow yellow. Mellow yellow. But... Which, which, how did mellow yellow not succeed with Coke's marketing engine? I don't I mean, know. Mountain I... Dew kicks its... I, it really does. It yeah, does. Trying to keep it clean. It's a no. You don't have to. Oh, okay, good. It's all right. good. It's a cussing podcast. It is. It shouldn't yeah. have been. It. I, I blame. Just, I blame Todd back for that. Oh. And then I he he was like, "Am I allowed to cuss on here?" And I was like, "Well, hell yeah, you can say whatever oh, yeah, you want." Man. Drop and some f bombs, Todd. He, back. And he did. He oh. did. And then it just yeah, it, it got, just it got out, crazy. Man, he it outpoured me. I was like, I'm Celebrate just gonna it. I'm gonna say whatever I want. It's my show. <laughs> Is this an R-rated show? And or? then I did. And and now I'm I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be better. And I'm gonna try not to ask people really difficult questions <laughs> that make them uncomfortable because apparently people don't like that. Somebody's counting trays f bombs again. People don't like to be uncomfortable on a podcast. <laughs> True. Very true. So don't, my, make, don't make them sweat. I, oh, I do. <laughs> I was. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to be nice. I'm stopping. I'm going to be a nice well, person. Again, Todd back ruined it for everybody. So. Oh, Todd. Todd. Anyway. I so, used to look up to him. Me too. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I got to listen to his podcast. He's a he's he does a daily podcast. I know. Well, he's I'm of course he he's of he, course he's running circles around all of us. I know he's getting his brokers right now too. Oh yeah. I'm like, man, getting your brokers at this time of the year. I'm like, man. oh my god. I, he is yeah. But anyway, so my last question, I ask everybody, what makes you passionate about this? Well, I think <coughs> the, making commission. No. And, and money. And money. No. I I mean I think it's it's fun for me when you're showing people houses and the light goes off and it's the right house and they're really excited. Not literally. Not literally because no. they forgot to pay their <laughs> Yeah. We forgot to pay bill. our KU tray. Can you help us out? <laughs> no. Um, when people walk in a house and it's the exact right thing and they're excited, I think that um, is a lot of fun. Um, I <laughs> This year, I you know, I deliver pies at Pumpkin pies. Do you do the Costco, the pumpkin pies? Yeah, we used to be- do that oh, the best in Nashville. Like six, they're like that They're big. gigantic, they're delicious, and they're yep. like $6. I mean, yeah. somebody wanted a pecan pie, and I was like, oh my God, that's like $13. But, oh, you're welcome. It's oh my, my God, you should drop my- off those chickens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The rotisserie chickens. You should. The whole meal. But anyway, I dropped <laughs> off a um, pumpkin pie to my client, and it sweet, sweet couple. So good to me. And... She said, you know, th- first of all, thank you so much for coming out the day before Thanksgiving to bring us a pie. And I was like, well, I'm glad to see you. And I hadn't seen their house yet since I had it all set up, which is, you know. That's a, that's a great, great yeah, thing. That's, that's, a, that's fun to see them all set up and happy there. But, you know, she said, Trey, you just, I, I, thank, I thank God for you. Because, and she's very religious, but she's like, 
I thank God for you because you got us through this. They had some they had some family stuff to sell as part of an estate, and it was a whole thing. But you know, she's like, I, we couldn't have gotten through this without you. And I thank my lucky stars I was connected with you. Ugh. And that, you know, like, and of course I'm like, thank you so much. I mean, I was like walking out of their house, Here's like, oh, oh God, <laughs> but you know, I'm walking out of their house and I just, I could have floated out of their house. I mean, like, and I, it had not been an especially good week as I remember. And that just like made my week. And I was like, that is why I do it. You know, like we get as realtors, we, you know, closings aren't a big deal. All this isn't a big deal, but it is to our clients. And yeah us being beside them to hold their hand and get them through this process, which for some people cre- creates great anxiety. And, you know, I, that, that's why I do it. I mean, like I think about what she said to me all the time when I'm having a bad day, cause that made a huge difference. So that's a good oh, one. God. That's a good one. I'm so happy. <laughs> all right. That's all the time I have. Thank you for being here. Thank Tiffany, you for being. Thank you. It was great. I, Sorry what a fun time. I know. Sorry we haven't done a deal together yet. We will. We will. I, I did. I, I looked through my email and saw that you had several that I had showed and you and yeah. I had talked back and forth. Yeah. But You had shown my uh, historic listing over there oh. at, near Merhaven because I was trying to pull up your email for the for my questions. And Do you have any other historic ones? <laughs> I don't. That's the only one I've, I think I've oh. ever had. Well, I had one in Winchester, but I don't, oh, man. don't have it anymore. If but anyone's out there listening, I, I, I do have those historic people looking mm-hmm. up to 250, preferably downtown Lexington, but uh, they like all that character and they stuff. They like the historic overlay. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> oh, God. Not for me. But, yeah. uh, no, there, there are a few rules with that. A little bit. But I, I live in a 1950s Cape Cod, and I'm cool. I'm just about done with that thing. Really? Well, the upstairs doesn't have ductwork. Oh. So that's where the bedroom and the baths and another oh. bedroom is, and that's where I happen to sleep. You got and, you some uh, ceramic heaters up there. Well, we got those that go out the out the window. Oh, okay. You know, they've nice. got those vent oh, things. Oh, like oh yeah, built in the wall. They, oh, yeah. No, that well, they set in the floor. They're about this high, and they set in the floor. Oh, okay. They're terrible. Oh. So it's cold all the time, or it's hot all the time. It's and hot, hot as heck in the summer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, that, that, I don't know. I, I'm, part of me is like, I'm just going to move into a ball home. I'm going to be done with this. That's all right. That's all right. They build a nice home. Um, where's your house now? Uh, Pine Meadows. Oh, okay. Off cool. of Mason Headley. Yeah. It's a nice so area. So maybe I'll sell it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'll list it for you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I might. Hey, the but you, after I sell it in one day, you can be like, hey Trey, I'm gonna. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut your commission. I don't think you're worth it. You didn't earn this. I wrote in the small print on the contract. You, you not, you not getting nothing. If you sell it within five hours, I, I've got a clause in there, an addendum. I'll pay you forty nine dollars, and that's it. <laughs> that's Sorry. coming. That's Those are, they say that's what they say. They're gonna put us out of work. The flat fee people. Yeah, they said that in... They said that about Busy Bee and in, all that stuff, Yeah, you they know? said that in 05 and 06, too, when Assist to Sell was big in Richmond, Virginia, and I always got mad about them, but then finally somebody told me, there's a segment of the market that wants that. They're not going to work with you anyway, so don't no. stop worrying about it. No, it's fine. I mean, you know, it's fine. There's, there's, there's different business models for everybody that's true trey mccauley's not for everybody tiffany's not i'm for not everybody. i'm yeah, a I mean. i'm not everyone's cup of tea and that's all right <laughs> <laughs> i ain't everyone's glass of whiskey it's okay <laughs> not everybody's mellow yellow <laughs> so. 
episode. Well, this has been great. <laughs> this has been fun. Thank you. Thank you, very everyone. Much for having me. Uh, please uh, follow me on Facebook at The Woke Agent, and uh, you can listen at thewokeagent.com and on uh, Spotify and iTunes and all that good stuff. So, thank you, everyone. 